Thank you so much for joining The Broken Road to Mental Health in Life and in Business. I am your host, Sharon Feckety. I'm also the author of The Broken Road to Mental Health in Life and in Business. I'm so glad that you're here today. This is a space that you're going to hear a lot of stories about recovery, addiction, men and women that have suffered from anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, trauma. We're going to have professionals on here as well. So I hope that it's not just this show that you listen to, but you go back and listen to the many other shows and the many other stories. And please subscribe and pass it on to somebody that you know that might be struggling and feel like they're alone. None of us are alone on this broken road to mental health. And I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm happy to say that we are going to Singapore today, everybody. (laughs) It's a little early, though, for Nick. It's early in the morning in Singapore, and it's almost the end of the day for me here at my office. So welcome to the show, Nick Johnson in Singapore. Thank you so much for inviting me, Sharon. Indeed, it's early morning here, but I'm normally up early to go for a morning jog. So this was perfect. Well, Nick, I have done a little bit of a deep dive on you. And first and foremost, congratulations on being an Ironman. I mean, if somebody can go past a 5k, I'm impressed, but an Ironman, bravo to you. Thank you so much, Sharon. Well, you know, as you're aging, just running is a little bit hard on the body. So I thought I had some swim and some cycling and uh, then you can make more friends as well with those sports. So that's a, it's a good social combination with keeping fit. Yes. And um, I really love, I, I shared this with Nick before we hit record, um, the name of Nick's book, which I don't want to mess up because I think it's so important, not just the head title, Executive Loneliness, but the five pathways to overcoming isolation, stress, anxiety, and depression in the modern business world. Well, amen to that, Nick. Bravo to you. That's fantastic. So let's get started by, I really just want to hear a little bit of your story and how you got to where you are at this moment today. Well, Sharon, you know, working in the in the corporate world uh, many times can be a lonely affair. Uh, we elbow our way up to the top, and perhaps it's how society is set up. I mean, all the way from we looking back at school, what do we learn at school? Well, it's all about yeah, winning, being on top of the class, learning subjects, and so on. And we bring this with us in the workplace that you know we cannot really rely on anyone else. We have to really do the hard work ourselves, and. Uh, at least I learned that the more vulnerable I was, perhaps I exposed myself and then maybe someone would take that and use that to their advantage and get a, get ahead. So what what I did instead was I kept very silent, very secret, and I was just doing the best job I could. I worked hard and I wanted to get the promotions. I wanted to get to the top and I did it, but it was very lonely and it was a painful journey. And once mm-hmm. I found myself at the top, I found myself the most lonelier ever. And I have really um, found the same uh, for many, many business leaders, many executives. It's absolutely the reason that I called my book, The Broken Roads to Mental Health and Life and in Business, because I really, really believe that some of the loneliest and most isolated people tend to be the most high level professionals. And I'm so glad that we're talking about this today. So Nick, can you share a little bit about um, 
what brought you to that place and, and where you're at now? Obviously, if you're doing Ironman, to, uh, you're feeling a little bit better, to say the least, but I'm sure it wasn't always that way. Yes, that's right, Sharon. And I think, well, as I said, that it's quite common that it can be at that at the top. But of course, there's another way which I learned now. Uh, and you can be vulnerable and you can be more open with your colleagues and so on. But that was not my school. And also, you know, Sharon, uh, having been an expat, I worked in Southeast Asia the last 15 years in, in various positions and so on. That means I moved from country to country like Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand. So I worked in an environment where I didn't understand the culture. I didn't know the law. I, I also uh, couldn't speak uh, the language so when you know people are talking around you cannot even understand it so mm. uh, and then you know you you feel yourself with anxiety and you're just trying to keep the uh, keep strong and hold it all together doing the best you can and in the end it was just much too much for me Sharon I I uh, basically in 2015 I couldn't handle it anymore I resigned from my corporate job uh, but with that I fell into a very dark uh, place uh, with that also I divorced I stopped exercising I put on a lot of weight I uh, started eat bad food and instead of exercising I went to the bar uh, and 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 there I isolated myself even more so I could see from being you know and I had done an Ironman event in 2014 I ran a marathon in 2015 and despite having it all together I went downhill and uh, about two three years after that 2016 2017 was very dark places for me and how you know i identify with that dark place um uh, it, it was 28 years ago but it feels like it was just yesterday um it's something that you never forget and and that's a good thing because it, it keeps us humble and it keeps us um with a lot of empathy for others and i think it makes us better people in business as well I think that uh, we realize that most people, when they're not doing well at the job, there's probably personal stuff going on and, and not so much maybe the day-to-day -day of the job. So um, this dark place, how did you crawl out of it? Well, uh, I had to hit the rock bottom. So I hit rock bottom in 2018. Uh, luckily, at that place, uh, I had found a new woman by my side, someone who I got remarried to. And I decided at the rock bottom actually to tell her how I felt. And she didn't even know, even though she was by my side, she thought I was having fun. Yes, it was a bit too much partying, but she thought I, I, I was having fun while I was actually uh, drinking to numb my feelings. Um, so she was quite shocked when that happened. She jumped into solution, uh, solution mode. She asked her, can we talk about this? She brought me to a friend who had gone through a, a similar journey before who was a part of an anonymous uh, uh, alcoholic organization. I was introduced to them and there I felt sympathy. I started to share my story and I realized I wasn't that unique. There was people who had gone through this before and very, very quickly I, I, I grabbed that hope and I just hang on to it. And from there on, it's gone up and I'm feeling better than ever now. I bet. That's wonderful. And you know, um, the community support and the opportunity to identify with other people has been certainly a savior for me. And I know many, many others. Um, I feel very blessed to have been introduced to uh, a 12-step recovery program. I feel like it gave me the um, a design for living, as they say. Uh, and it really 
it also helped me excel in business because I really just applied all of the principles that I had learned from, from one place into my life in business and has certainly helped me throughout my journey. So now you are sober, you got back on the, the wellness train. Uh, what did that look like? You said, I can't even imagine that you would have put on any weight. I, I watched one of Nick's Instagram videos and he had this beautiful Olympic sized pool outside and he was going to go swimming. And I'm like, oh, it just looks like such a wonderful way to live your life. And, and I'm sure you appreciate that so much now, considering where you've been. So how has it transformed into what you're doing today? Well, the, the first months was not too easy. I had to start by just walking a few kilometers, just really getting back on track again. Uh, but yeah, being part of the program, you had so much hope. And every day I came back sharing how I felt better and I could see other getting better. But then you also saw people falling off, people who go out again into perhaps addiction and falling into the dark places. And that made me really, really scared. And it put me on alert. And I realized that I have to work very hard at this. And I'm still working very, very hard at this, Sharon. And I'm, uh, uh, as you know, from uh, from these 12-step programs, it's about giving back as well. And uh, I'm most mornings now at meetings where I'm supporting others who are coming in. And that is a reminder to me uh, in two things. One, uh, to make sure I'm keeping on track so I don't fall back into it. But secondly, to really appreciate and be grateful for what I have now in my life and, and that I truly am. That's awesome. And thank goodness for that wonderful woman that came into your life that introduced you to somebody. That serendipity is fantastic. So congratulations on your newfound love. That's wonderful. How long has it been now that you've been married? Uh, four and a half years. And, and, and she also decided the day when I stopped uh, drinking alcohol, even though she didn't have a problem with it, she also uh, stopped drinking. So we live both a much healthier life together. And even though she doesn't do Ironman, she just signed up for the upcoming Singapore Marathon in December wow. uh, so she, and asked me to make, give her a three-month training plan, which I put together. So now we can train together as well. Oh, I love that. That's so nice. It is, it is such a, I'm very blessed too. I have a very, um, my husband does have a few beers, but he's very athletic and, you know, he went to the gym before work this morning and it's a really big piece of our life to, um, to work out and to, to stay out in nature and to encourage others, you know, because I think that even though there's the 12 the step recovery, there's so much more than that. So I want to talk about how your, dare I say, it's extreme for me. I'm in complete admiration, Nick. Don't get me wrong. The fact that you do Ironmans and that your wife is doing a marathon, I'm like, that's unbelievable. But it takes so much discipline. So how has that been a benefit in your in your business life too? Well, getting that structure and the discipline in your life is just fantastic. And I'm a big believer of making it work in the morning so that it's done. The first thing in the morning, you wake up and you're getting uh, your healthy dose of exercise and then a healthy uh, um, breakfast after that. It's just a great start to the day, a positive start to the day. And what I realized, Sharon, even if I'm waking up in the morning and Perhaps I had some nightmare. I wake up with some anxiety in my in my body. If I've already decided before and I do plan this ahead, I already plan before the night before I put the running clothes there or the swim gear or whatever it is I'm doing. So I don't think I just go out and I do that exercise. And whatever anxiety I had in me, 
that is gone after the workout. And then if you also even can combine this with a 12-step meeting, which I do many times, uh, I go for a run and then I have the meeting, have a coffee there. What a fantastic start to the day. The best, the best. I often share that if I don't start my day like this <laughs> with, you know, a workout and some meditation and some nature, it, it usually doesn't have, it doesn't turn out well. And I, I'm so grateful for that discipline. And I think that we, we get taught that a lot in our recovery. So now tell me about how, what you're doing today. I love this thought of like an executive peer group. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, and, and the, the interesting thing here is that I was already working for a company who arranged confidential peer groups when I had my crash in 2018. I'd worked with them in 2016, but at that time I was more on working in the sales team. So after my recovery or in my when I started my recovery journey, I wanted to get more involved in the business. I wanted to get more in the operation to come into the meeting to listen and see and support uh, the, the leaders. So basically what we do is confidential peer group meeting for senior executives, where we group them in, in about 20 to 30 executives at the same seniority level. And we provide a facilitator and they come into these sessions six times a year for half a day to discuss their work related challenges. So mm -hmm. this confidential setting then is a place for them to discuss perhaps the conflicts they have with the team, the bosses, how they manage uh, upwards and all these kind of things that could lead you to a isolated, lonely place unless you have someone to talk to about it. And of course, they have mentors, coaches, perhaps that they can talk to, but if the coaching program is internally in the company and you want to talk about your boss, you probably don't feel safe to do that. But that is the space that we provide. And of course, then with me in recovery and realizing that, oh my God, I should have had this when I had my career. Mm -hmm. So now I'm so passionate about helping other executives here. Yeah, I think um, it's wonderful. I Have you heard about the effective treatment for major depression, anxiety, OCD, and beyond? Well, our sponsors, TMS Advantage, are available to offer this innovative and effective NeuroStar Advanced TMS therapy. TMS is short for transcranial magnetic stimulation. It's effective, it's safe, it's non-invasive and FDA cleared, which means most insurance companies cover it. Dr. Katie Rizzo and her staff right here in Tampa Bay have a program that includes a full course of TMS, maintenance sessions, follow-ups, weekly group therapy with yoga and nutrition classes and lifestyle coaching to maximize the benefits for TMS for long-term results. Because you know, it's never just going to be one thing that helps. It's going to be a multitude of resources. Check out tmsadvantage.com for more information today and mention you heard it on the podcast. Drug and alcohol attorneys specialize in helping families and individuals in crisis due to substance abuse and mental health disorders. Many times an individual either refuses to go into treatment or won't stay in treatment long enough to experience the miracle of recovery. Sometimes the individuals may be homeless, living on the streets and cut off from those that love them. In these situations, the drug and alcohol team can locate the individual, obtain a court order and get them off the street and into life-saving treatment. When a family needs to regain control over medical and treatment decisions and finances, the drug and alcohol team assists them to get emergency relief from the courts. 
In September of 2022, Drug and Alcohol Attorneys is opening another office in Boston so more families can be helped and more individuals. I put in my first pitch to be a speaker about mental health in the workplace at um, a conference next year. And I've, I've had the great opportunity of speaking in a few corporations, but there is something to be said about, it's wonderful to be able to do that, but when you leave, what is what are they going to do? You know, what are the, the leaders going to do? Uh, because it is a lot of times the leaders that struggle the most because of all of the pressure and how isolated you can feel because you can't, you always have to look a certain way. You always have to show up. <laughs> you have to be the boss. You have to lead the team. So what happens to that person when when they're stressed out, when they're feeling lonely or isolated or, or they, they have a problem with addiction? So um, I'm really proud that that's happening. Can you share anything more about that? Is that something that's just happening in Singapore? Are you worldwide? Are you global? Um you have these networks also in the US, but for us, we, we started in Denmark 30 years ago, so we're quite big in Europe, and then we're expanding in Southeast Asia. Now, we don't have any groups in in US, but there's plenty of peer groups there also. And uh, just to add to this, that, you know, the training the leaders here to, you know, write down the things that are on your mind, bring it into the meeting and share it and just teach them to be vulnerable, because then just like, how we learned in the room that when we're sharing our story and when we are vulnerable, we leave the room feeling fantastic about it. And this is the, the, exactly the point there. What we also created for the members of this network is the mobile app, which is confidential, where they can ask questions to the group. So even when they are outside uh, the meetings, if they are at the desk, you know, they, they need some help, they have a question, they can post it and the group can help them to solve it. So in that sense, it should be the natural go-to. Whenever you have that feeling, I don't really know what to do here, you can write it. And some people then will gather for coffee, meet up for lunch or discuss it offline. So it's just creating and adding this tool to them to remove the loneliness. Mm. I really think it's important too to just expand a little bit about the, the wonderful power that vulnerability can bring to not just yourself, but how much that can help others. We get to see that in our personal lives, right? That is, it is like amazing. And I know that that's why for 28 years, I've never had an issue being vulnerable, but that isn't always the case for people in corporate because you know that word that I really don't like to even say, but the, the stigma and the judgment around it is so tremendous. So, what I have learned, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, Nick, is I might be able to share my story in front of hundreds of people, no problem, it's in the book, but then everybody will come up to me secretly and share something really deep and really vulnerable and say, well, I could never share this here in my office because I'll never get that promotion. I'll never be able to uh, make it to that next level of the executive team because of the stigma that surrounds mental health. What has been your experience with that? Well, with that, uh, Sharon, my experience is that that's actually what we believe. We believe it is that way, but I've seen it. And I, I interviewed a lot of executives when I wrote my book and I found it that it was the other way around. And uh, I'm very happy to share an example of one female executive, if I may. 
Please do. <laughs> yeah, so here is a lady, a managing director for a big international bank. Uh, so she's worked in a man's world. So she obviously had, had you know, most of the meetings, she was the only woman at the senior level uh, surrounded by men in this men industry. And she decided to, you know, really work hard and do everything she can to reach the top. Uh, on the outside, she had a beautiful life, uh, owning an apartment, two children in private school with own nannies. And, you know, uh, belonging to the best gyms and all the credit cards. And on the outside, for many people here in Singapore, they look at her as an inspiration. But when I interviewed her for the book, she said that she was quite isolated, quite lonely, and she wasn't really happy in the workplace. And But the interview was not so deep. She didn't open up at all. But a few days later, she sent me an SMS and asked me, can we meet again? And I went to see her again for coffee and she started breaking out in tears immediately. And I, I was just listening and listening and listening to her. And uh, she then admitted to me and I was the first human being she admitted this to that she had even planned for her own suicide twice. Hmm. And, uh, and, and I was, of course, shocked. Hmm. Uh, and I, I asked if she had told it to her therapist, the husband, she said no. Uh, but she promised after our coffee to open up to the therapist, which she did. The therapist then called the husband. They had a conversation, the three of them. And for that, and, and for, as you know, Sharon, once you shared an issue, you're on your way back to recovery. Uh -huh. So that was as far as it went for her. But when she opened up then um, and shared her story, she wanted to also me to share this story with others. So I included her story, even though anonymous, in my book. Uh, then what happened, of course, we had a pandemic with a, with the lockdowns and so on. And during that period, uh, my book came out and she decided to buy a copy of the book and share with her teams, even her boss. She asked them to read it and then called an all hands meeting. Everyone had read the book without knowing that the woman in this book was her. And she just shared to all of them, the woman you oh. read about who planned her own suicide was me. And oh. they were all complete shocked, Sharon, of course. Yeah. But what happened? What happened? The culture transformed overnight. They mm -hmm. had the warmest culture ever. And her boss even came into her and said that I went through something similar a few years ago. Someone else said my daughter uh, just had suicidal thoughts. And they just became so open, so friendly. And now she says that she just loves to go to the office. It all oh, changed. I'm so touched by that story. That is so amazing. It really, that's breathtaking. It really, just shows that so many people struggle in silence, you know? And um, I remember the first time it brings me back to uh, my father's EAP counselor, employee assistance program at New York hospital. And I was going to see this, this therapist and he was the only person to ever ask me if I was having suicidal thoughts. And it was the first time I had ever said it out loud. And it was absolutely that freedom of isolation. And I, I speak about that a lot because it, it took that away, but I needed somebody. You were that, that seed that was planted for this beautiful woman to be able to share that. You know, so many people suffer and never talk about it because their fear, the fear that you're the only one is, is kind of amazing, isn't it, Nick? Yes, it is. And I spoke to this woman actually uh, last week again, and she decided now to take one year of work where she's really going to go deeper in herself and look for her dreams. And she's a complete changed woman after this, you know, and, and she's just adorable. And 
so it just shows, you know, we don't have to be that tough person. We don't have to elbow our way up. There is another way, and that is by being vulnerable and talking to the people around us and sharing if we're going through some challenging times because people normally will, will grab them and put their arm around them and give the support and love. And then we're showing that we are humans and we can connect with each other as well. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> it's fantastic. It really is. I love that story. I can't wait to read your book. So I, my question is that I'll ask you, I was going to ask you when we hit stop on record, but why not just ask you now, is it available on audible? Is it, did you record it yourself? Uh, so uh, Sharon, I got a copy here of my book. And uh, so, um, I, I start and, and let me share you a story first before I yes. share where you can find it. So I had started in 2019, so before the pandemic, mm. uh, and I, I, I did a survey of executives about loneliness and so on. And uh, the findings then showed that 30% of the executives I surveyed suffered from loneliness. Then during the pandemic, I redid the survey to the same group and the numbers had doubled. 59% were suffering from loneliness people working from home, being isolated, and so on. And that's when I decided that I better keep writing on this book. And of course, being in lockdown, I had more time. So I decided to complete it. And what I, uh, what I didn't realize was then, of course, this topic was very hot. So the book came out on Amazon, became an, uh, a bestseller very quickly in mental health uh, and men's health and all these kind of categories. And many people wrote to me all over the world and said, I want to listen to this when it's on in the gym. So it's on Audible as well. I'm not the reader. I got uh, a professional okay. narrator. Yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, I wish it was you. You have a fantastic voice and a great accent, but I'm glad that it is on Audible because I will listen to it immediately. I think um, what you have done is incredible. I, I want to share this with you too, Nick, that um, I work with a lot of physicians and I've worked with a lot of doctors that have opened up wellness spaces and done executive medicine, where they're really focusing on, you know, corporate and, and there's, there's spaces here where there's a more concierge level for executives that travel, like you were saying, you were going from country to country to country, and it's so important that they stayed well. And I always, I forever was telling everybody that the entrepreneurs and the executives and the business leaders are really the ones that need the most help sometimes because the pressure is so unbelievable um, that I know that there's so many people out there that would want to read this and feel like this is this is so normal. I mean, you're in Singapore for God's sakes. I'm in Tampa Bay, Florida, and this is absolutely what is happening here as well. Mm. Yes, there's so much business travel, especially now after the pandemic. People are traveling in the U.S. I have also many friends I see they traveling all the time. New cities, new meetings, new conferences, new dinners. So what do you do then? Well, you're working 12, 14 hours a day. Then you have to go to dinners with alcohol. Uh, suddenly you forget about that you need to take care of yourself. You're lacking sleep. You don't have time to exercise. And you find yourself in that rat race. And that's a downward spiral. Yeah, totally. So tell the audience a little bit, because I have to know about your regimen. I mean, I think that, you know, it's fantastic, this little stuff that I do every day, but I'm really, I'm really interested to hear how one prepares for an Ironman. Well, how many have you done? I, I have done a four full distance Ironman now and about 10, 12 half. So a, a half Ironman, 
uh, <laughs> you can train about 10 12 hours a week but if to do a full ironman you need, need to train around 20 22 hours per week so that's three hours a day in average <laughs> so do you start with swimming or you do have a, a regular routine is it always the same thing uh, so basically it's broken up uh, you know most days it's uh, one session but some days you need to have two sessions so it's something every day typically perhaps uh, three swims in the week three kilometers each so nine ten kilometer all up uh, per week that's four hours swimming and then you would run uh, today after this i'm going to run 22 kilometer uh, <laughs> tomorrow i will cycle uh, uh, miles how many miles is that about 15 kilo, uh, 15 miles run Tomorrow I will cycle about uh, 80 miles. Sunday I will cycle 50 miles and run uh, 10 miles, something like that. So it's, you know, it's something every day. <laughs> Nick, I am laughing because I'm just so in awe. I think it's so fantastic. I, uh, I have a friend who uh, just asked me today, I ride my bicycle to meetings, recovery meetings here. Mm. Okay. And I was very purposeful about that through the pandemic, that once it opened back up, that I was going to ride my bicycle as many places as possible, leave the car in the garage. I'm trying to help the environment, my, my health, my mental health. I'm trying to incorporate all of it together. And so there's bridges that I ride to get to these meetings. Now, I've been doing this for 18 years. I ride a lot. I cycle a lot. But I... And it's wonderful. It's so great for my mental health. But I have to say, I have to say congratulations to you for really like dedicating your life to to wellness, not just mentally, but physically. It's it's something to be very proud of because it's and I'm really, really I feel very special to have been able to have this conversation with you about it. Congratulations oh, to you. Thank you so much for saying that, Sharon. But I see, you know, the sport as, as a few things. One, it's, it makes you feel physically healthy and getting healthy. Uh, but also I use it for my meditation. So half of my workout is by myself. That's really when I have time to reflect and it's my own time. I try to go out cycling in nature or jogging, you know, through the rainforest or something. So I really connect with the nature when I do that. The other half of the training I try to join swim academies or a longer bike rides in a social group. So that's my social time. So rather than going to the sports bar and watching sport and drinking alcohol, uh, which I would have done uh, sometimes in the past, this is my exercise and my social time at the same time. Yeah, it's really wonderful. It really is. And I think it's a great way to stay connected. They say that community and connections are just so important. I'm always talking about the book Lost Connections by Johan Hari. Have you ever read it? Mm. No, but I would take a note here. Not lost connection. Yes, I swear I've recommended this book to everybody, but it's all about that journey of mental health and how uh, being connected and having community is is so, so important. So I, I appreciate what you're doing in your life and in business. And I'm excited to share with everybody how to get your book. We'll have it in the show notes and how to learn more about Nick. And I, I hope one day, if you ever decide to come all the way over to Tampa Bay, that you look us up. I will do that. I think you have some good Ironman events over there, indeed. We certainly do. I will be a spectator. I won't participate, but I'll be cheering you on. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to that, Sharon. Thank you so much for inviting me to your show. Thank you. 
Don't forget, TMS Advantage is an amazing way to help treat anxiety and depression and beyond. They are effective and it's powered by Neurostar Advanced TMS Therapy. Check them out. Remember, drug and alcohol attorneys specialize in helping families and individuals in crisis due to substance abuse and mental health disorders. Reach out today.